0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: I'm Stacey Westfall, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, the Western Dressage episode. This is episode 563 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Coming up on today's show, we're discussing the topic of relaxation. I talk with Joanne Coy about relaxation or tension as it's seen from the judge's view, and Marsha Hartford-Sapp gives us some training tips for increasing relaxation at home and at shows. And in this intro part, I actually have Diney Swanson, who is joining me today. She's the executive director of the WDAA, and I wanted to have you on today, Diney, to talk a little bit about some of the changes you guys have made due to this uh, global pandemic. So Daini, can you tell us all what WDAA stands for and a little bit about what your role is?
2: Well, WDAA stands for Western Dressage Association of America. And I'm the executive director. Uh, we're a pretty, well, obviously we're a very new association. And we're we're pretty small, we all work remotely. Um, so actually, you know, working from home,
1: you're ahead of any change
2: whatsoever. Yeah. (laughs) It (laughs) hasn't been any change for us at all. Um, but we've certainly had to, uh, get creative and think on the fly with what's going on right now in the world.
1: Yeah. And I saw online and I really would like to know a little bit more about it that you guys have decided to offer online shows. Can you Explain a little bit about how those decisions were made or, you know, anything about it, really, because it's pretty much I just kind of I'm new to the idea.
2: Well, we are, too. Um, You know, the online shows have been going on for quite a while and we had been approached uh, years ago about recognizing them. And we were, as a board, um, hesitant to do that because it's, you know, it's impossible to enforce the rules. You know yeah. they they can't be USCF or US Equestrian licensed, um, so we just kind of backburnered it because it was it was just going to be too hard to um, you know to to make sure that everything was going correctly and and they were following our criteria and our rules. Um, and then uh, you know when when all of this started breaking loose, we had just had a board meeting and kind of, you know, discussed how interesting this is all going to be. And then we had an emergency board call a couple days later and really decided that we've got to do something to help people stay engaged uh, with Western Dressage and, you know, give them something to do with their horses. Mm -hmm. So the the board decided to go ahead and offer WDA recognition for online shows as long as they met our criteria
3: mm-hmm. for
2: recognized shows. So if you go on to the um, www.westerndressageassociation.org dressage website, which is the world's longest website <laughs> address, um, and you go to show recognition information, um, You'll you'll see our you'll see a whole list of why you know it's a good idea to have shows WDA recognized and how to go about doing it um, and it's it's pretty simple um, the main criteria is that um, judges need to be USCF Western Dressage licensed judges mm-hmm. uh, and then there's some other criteria but we we had to create online criteria also. Uh, so that's all on that webpage. Yeah, and, I noticed you know, that. We,
1: that's interesting.
2: Yeah. We, we just decided it was, it was the time obviously, and it was the right thing to do to help people out. And they've been really excited. Um, we have several that have been, uh, recognized and extremely well attended. So it was, now, it was the right decision to make.
1: Yeah. When they're recognized, um, What does that count for? And what what does that not count for? As far as. um, If I remember right. It counts for lifetime points. But not for something else. Is that true? Yeah. So yeah. um, A
2: WDAA member. Can gain. Horse lifetime points. And awards. Program points. At a (laughs) show. uh, Recognized show. So we call it. For short, world pap <laughs> and it's our it's our lifetime points program for horses and it it's not a it's not a race, it's not a year end thing. it just follows your horse through their progression through the levels on the tests mm-hmm. um, and so if if you show at an online show, you can submit those scores that you receive to WDAA and get points. They are half points. They're, they're, uh, we don't award full points because it's not an in-person show.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, therefore they, they, you know, bits can't be checked Mm -hmm. properly. And you know, that from what I understand, and I haven't done this, and I'm sure you have seen it, that um, in-person judging is a lot different than judging a video. Yeah. perspective gets kind of messed up and so that that's why we we went the half points for online shows
1: yeah that that's i'm sitting here and i've got the website open and you know it's it's fascinating what you guys had to think through about you know the videos have to be filmed in landscape and mm-hmm. you have to be able to leave the audio in and so that you can tell, and the natural sound has to be behind it. And, you know, and then you're like, oh, yeah, that would be so that you can't have the coaching. And then one continuous recording. So you guys put a lot of work into figuring out how to, you know, make this accessible. And then I thought it was really interesting, too, interviewing judges, and I'm going to just say it this way, like, I totally didn't even, when I saw the show system kind of go down, from my perspective, I thought about, like, not being able to go show and the impact on the person showing it wasn't my first thought about, Oh my goodness, like judges have their career. A lot of them are judging mm-hmm. every weekend and that just boom. Yeah. And guys are taking into account, like, you know, it, it is awesome. Obviously the competitor, the horse, the, the at home, but it's also nice that some of these judges are going to be able to, you know, be involved in doing something. And and I think this is going to be really interesting. All the things we see that come out of this pandemic are going to be interesting to see what pieces, there will be some valuable good things that we can carry forward. So I can see how some of the work you guys have put in here is potentially going to you know, pay off down the road for whether it's used exactly like this forever or whether it morphs into something. I'm still holding out hope that we've got good yeah. things coming out of the pandemic. Uh, absolutely, and f-
2: first of all, I need to give credit to the hosts of these online shows because we went to them. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we 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 don't put on these shows. We recognize them, so to set up our criteria, we went to them and asked them, you know, for their suggestions, and they were all great, very oh, awesome. forthcoming with advice and all that. So we're we're still working on it, and the the list of criteria will be. fluid because we're going to be adding, you know, little tips on, on videography and all that too. So we're learning along with everybody else. And that's, that's an advantage of being a young organization is, you know, we can be fluid, you know, we can be adaptable. Um, And then the judges, you know, (laughs) not as many judges are going to be working right now, Mm -hmm. even with the online shows. But it is giving them an opportunity to judge not only to make money but because they love judging right i mean they they love judging these horses, and um it's a great outlet for them to keep to keep their minds in the right place mm-hmm. as long yeah. you know along with the exhibitors and the and the horses
1: that keep yeah everybody engaged exactly I mean they're such a valuable resource it is it's my favorite part. You know, there's a lot of things I like about going to the shows, but I really, really value that feedback. And so I'm glad that they're able to continue. They spend so much time getting their education and getting their hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, I attended the judges seminar so that I could learn, but I didn't Mm -hmm. do a fraction of what it takes. And it's just the more you know about what it takes to become and earn and, and continue on with the judging system, the more I'm just like, Thank you for doing this for us. It's, it's amazing.
2: It is a lot of work, and it, and it's not something that any of them go into lightly. No, no I don't think you could within <laughs> the criteria.
1: Yeah. You have to jump through. But, well, exactly. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'd love to have you back on with, you know, upcoming episodes to keep us kind of in the loop with anything in the news with uh, WDAA and the Western dressage association and everything going on there so thanks for joining My pleasure. me pleasure yeah thank you
0: this nutrition minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products the company that simplifies your search for research proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com
4: did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. In a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
1: Joining me for the judge's view... I have Joanne Coy, who is a large R Western dressage judge and an L graduate in traditional dressage judging. And she is from Michigan. And we're going to discuss relaxation. So, Joanne, when you're judging dressage, either one, can you explain to me what you're looking for or maybe what doesn't show up and that would fall under the category of relaxation? Because I'm kind of working my way up through the training pyramid and I see relaxation on there. How does that reflect from the judge's
3: point of view? Um, Relaxation is a very important uh, element of a horse's training, as you know. Mm -hmm. And when I look at a horse in the show ring, one of my prime concerns is whether or not the horse is relaxed. Because, as you know, particularly in, in Western dressage, our big focus is harmony. So if the horse is tense and upset, obviously there's a A lack of harmony. Um, So one of the things I look for pretty much right away is if the horse is stretching to the contact, in other words, reaching for the rider's hand. And in so doing, in my opinion, the horse is saying, hey, I know you've got my back. Um, Let's do this together. And I hope we can be a team throughout this performance. Um, Mm -hmm. So when the horse is stretching into the contact, it it doesn't look like they're forced into a frame. It looks like they're, you know, working in a partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, I look for things like uh, whether or not the horse's back is swinging. Um, As a trainer and a rider, of course, I, when I work with students, I'm always looking at the area just behind the saddle um, where there's some swinging and the muscles are relaxed. And so even when I watch horses in the ring, that's that's an area of focus of my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to see the shoulders swinging freely forward, the horses reaching, as I said, into the contact. And I like to see some softness throughout the back. And, you know, interestingly enough, that that carries over into the horse's face as well. I mean, I look at the horse's eye when he goes past the judge's booth, if he looks terrified, obviously. Mm-hmm. He's not feeling comfortable with the environment and, and whether or not the rider has his back. Mm-hmm. So so when the horse passes by my um, judge's booth, I, I look at the horse's eye and their facial expression. I mean, I look at the whole horse to evaluate whether or not the horse is feeling comfortable with what's going on. And I know that there are, you know, um, things happening in the show ring that caused the horse tension and concern. Uh, for example, at the world show, the horse is asked to, um, to go into an in indoor arena. At many shows, the horse is asked to go into an indoor arena and sometimes leaving his friends to do so. And mm-hmm. uh, that's worrisome to a horse. But again, if the horse feels that the rider is um, going to take care of him through the performance, then he can maintain uh, a more relaxed demeanor. And that's important and also an element of harmony. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm looking at gated horses in Western dressage, if there's a lack of relaxation, and even in uh, walk-trot canter horses uh, or walk-jog-lope horses, if there's a, a, a tense horse and there's no relaxation, it can often show up in the rhythm of the gait. I think that's most often true. Um in gated horses, mm. the tension or lack of relaxation can cause a gated horse to pace or uh, just have a irregular rhythm in their in their gait, so that's another thing I look forward, depending on if I'm judging gated or or um non gated horses.
1: I love that you included uh, that because I don't know if you I don't know if you're doing this on purpose, but I'm sitting here with the with the training pyramid in front of me and you've talked about connection which is just above relaxation and you've talked about rhythm which is just below so you've sort of encompassed right. relaxation right. with you've kind of built it in your conversation with a with a hug around like connection mm-hmm. and rhythm which is co- which i am gathering from you is creating that relaxation that, that right. that's 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 so neat that you just did that with you know oh, just natural you. conversation so mm-hmm. can, can you tell me just a little bit about what we might see different watching, let's say, like an intro level horse versus like a third level horse showing? Like when, we're, when you're looking at your relaxation, oh, sure. but at the same time, it seems almost like as you go higher up, you're also asking for a higher degree of performance. How does that still play mm-hmm. in? Okay, so um,
3: when a, a horse is being trained through the levels, um, what we're looking at is, uh, a little bit more of an uphill balance, of course, as they're going from training to first to, to level two and so on. And um, that involves a, a little bit more collection. We're not looking for collection at level one, of course, or basic, but as they go up the training um, levels, there is more uh, balancing back onto the horse's hindquarters, thus elevating the front end just a little bit. Um, and a horse can't really become fluidly engaged from back to front if there's tension throughout the body now that doesn't mean that 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 we can't have the muscles become contracted they have to become contracted in order to push off and have some you know uh push power from the hind end mm-hmm. but but if they're tense and anxious Uh, and just like with humans, things tend to lock up
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
3: and, you know, and, um, all of that energy gets, uh, deflected in the wrong direction. So even as we're asking our horses to go in a more collected, um, manner, they still have to be relaxed enough to accept the aid's. Um, to feel what it is the rider, you know, the, the subtle changes that the rider is making to get the horse to work more fluidly. What we call the throughness from back to front, and use that engagement to, you know, push off and and carry themselves, uh, and and you know have a little bit more impulsion.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So you can't have, um, you know, you can't you really can't have much if you don't have relaxation mm-hmm. and that's why the, the training pyramid is built the way it is. It, it looks like things are done in a sequential manner, but they are so interrelated. I've often thought that if um, someone were to re- literally recreate the wheel of the training pyramid, mm-hmm. if they put, if they put these elements in a circle, like, um, I don't know, spokes of a bicycle and then yeah. then the hub of the bicycle would be collection maybe, but uh, you i I always tell my uh the people that I work with don't think of these as you have to have one and then you have the next one, and so on. They mm-hmm. all are interrelated
1: yeah and I, relaxation
3: I is really really important
1: yeah i i can i can I can totally see how you could reinvent this as a wheel that is an interesting mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. so is there from the judge's point of view is there an area that riders you know let's say a horse goes in there and it's it's not perfectly relaxed but it's also not r- super tense everywhere if if you get mm-hmm. that horse that's kind of in the middle where it's like a skillful rider could help not trigger tension i guess i'm going to phrase it that way is there a is is there a set of transitions or how they use the corner is there something you frequently see the rider ride poorly in a test that almost causes A lack of relaxation almost causes tension. Is it an upward transition, a downward transition? The way they use the corners, like what would you Mm -hmm. say?
3: Any advice for for people showing? I think the I think the biggest thing that riders um, need to do in order to maintain relaxation in their horse throughout the test is to be sure and prepare the horse for the transitions, the upward and downward transitions. That's why there's so many transitions in tests because. We we hope that we can you know signal our horse that either a a lope is coming or a jog is coming or whatever, um, and not do it like screeching brakes you know not do <laughs> uh-huh. it um, so suddenly that the horse is wondering wait you know why was she so adamant about me doing that right then and there and the sad thing is, is we do have to do things right then and there because we're in a test and we have to do it at a letter. Mm -hmm. but the lower levels give us the luxury of having to do the transition between letters. And that's Mm -hmm. why they're created that way. Mm -hmm. So um, I I think it's, it's really important that the rider develop their technique of how they're going to signal the horse that something's coming up. Of course, you know, we talk about half halts and, 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 you know, engaging your horse a little bit more, asking the horse to get ready. Something's about to happen. But if you don't prepare your horse for those transitions, it shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's that's what really separates the riders from the, the, the ones who need to work a little bit more as their horse's trainer and not just their horse's passenger. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice. I know that, like, when I, I my my slightly higher level horse got injured and I haven't ridden for a month. And so I started, I haven't ridden her for a month, but I was riding, Mm -hmm. I was riding my two younger ones. And when I got Mm -hmm. back on and rode her for the first time, I was like, wow, I forgot how Mm -hmm. much more accurate, (laughs) like you almost, you almost forget like, that's right. You can actually get this exactly in the step where would the, younger ones it's like the youngest one i need like a whole ramping up and a whole ramping down and and the one in between i'm like i'm kind of happy if i'm you know if i got two or three (laughs) steps ramping up or two or three steps ramping down and then i get back on the one that's got so much more training and i was like oh that's Mm -hmm. right i forgot this can actually be like in the step
3: that i want it to to happen now right Yeah.
1: yeah and so it's it's um it is a fascinating concept. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything else you'd like to add to riders before we let go or, or where can people find you online?
3: Um, I, yeah, I would like to add that when a rider is doing a test, if one part of the test goes not so well, mm. let it go. Go on to the next part. You know, don't, don't feel that your whole test is, is trashed because of, of one bad transition. You know, give your horse a chance to shake it off, you shake it off, and and carry on. You know, like the sign says, keep calm and carry on, and do that within your test.
1: (laughs) That's great (laughs) advice.
3: (laughs) And you give your horse a chance, because horses are very forgiving, so you need to be really forgiving, too. Yes, And, um, yeah.
1: That's really great advice, because, uh, you know, coming from some other disciplines like I have, you really can lose it all in one step and uh-huh. i'm not saying that you know maybe obviously if you've got you know tight competition in dressage i'm sure you're going to have some some influence like that but it has seemed overall slightly more forgiving because there are so many movements right. so yeah. you know the exactly. i i haven't i i didn't understand that the math of it changed the the a degree that a mistake or whatever you want to call that 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 moment you know I I didn't that's great advice because I didn't realize at first because I was so used to one bad step making a huge difference that I think that that is
3: great advice for anybody coming Mm -hmm. from from a different right because a test can have 15 movements and you might get a three or a 2.5 on one of those movements for hopefully it's not times two, a coefficient of two. (laughs) And so that's just one movement. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's awesome. So you judge. So if people want to find you online, where would they go to reach out to you?
3: Um, I, I do not have my own uh, webpage or Facebook page or whatever. I mean, I I'm on Facebook. They can Mm -hmm. find me on Facebook, but, um, and also uh, on the USDF website um, license or officials and the USEF licensed officials. uh, They can can find my contact information there.
1: Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And I will look forward to seeing you at a show down the road when those
3: start up again. Yes, I hope to do that as well. Yeah, thank you for calling me. It was
0: great to talk to you. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girl at totalsaddlefit.com.
1: For today's trainer tip, I have Marsha Hartford Sapp. And Marsha is a professional horse trainer in Tallahassee, Florida. It's really cool because not only does she have multiple world championships in the USEF Western dressage, but she's also a USDF gold medalist in classical dressage. This is my goal. And she has she's a multiple time multiple time winner of the Extreme Mustang Makeover. And she owns Cobra, the Mustang, the Briar model, and the horse who holds titles in both disciplines. I'm super excited to be talking to you, Marsha. And I would love to talk to you today about relaxation and how you see that as a part of the training process and especially with your diverse, you know, extreme Mustang makeover and classical and Western dressage, I want to know all of it. The only cap we have is the time limit, but we might have to have you on multiple times. So anyway, back to focus. What are some of the tips you have for people who are training their horse and they want to make sure they maintain relaxation as they're walking into the show pen to show in Western dressage?
5: Yeah, you know what I tell my students about relaxation is that it starts at home. And relaxation starts from the time that you put your halter on your horse. Mm -hmm. Everything that we do with horses has to create relaxation and an ability to be receptive to training. Um, Horses can be trained so many different ways. We know there's so many different um, methods of training horses, so many different viewpoints, but the, the bottom of the training period and at the end of the day, nothing is better than Receptiveness for training than the horse being relaxed and being able to receive the information.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: So when we go out to catch our horses, when we go out to catch our horses, the first step is relaxation at the side of the halter, relaxation about the halter being put on. The moment you are interacting with your horse, you are starting your your training session for the day. Mm-hmm. So we want the horses to walk up to the handler to drop their head into the halter. We want the horse to walk quietly up to the cross ties or to the barn. And, and everything that you do with your horse leading up to the time you step your foot in your saddle, you're training your horse and you're setting your horse up for its work that day. Um, you know what, I, I, I give an analogy all the time. You know, sometimes when we work in, in corporate world, which I have, and you have these very large meetings where they talk about things that may be unpleasant, They they set up the meeting with coffee and donuts and pleasantries and you know they, they want people to be engaged and relaxed when they come into that room
3: mm-hmm. and
5: and that space is is what you're creating for the horse too so you want to make sure that everything that you do leading to the saddling is is about having the horse be relaxed that's when, awesome when we get on our yeah when we get on our horses we we want them to stand quietly at the mountain block we ask them to drop their heads we ask them to stand quietly All of those things make a difference in those first steps leading into your time into the saddle.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. That's so if you, you know, if you let's say you have somebody unload, they decide to haul in for a lesson, they unload the horse from the trailer and the horse is, you know, head up in the air, whinnying, um, circling around them, and they've shown up Mm -hmm. and they want a Western dressage lesson. Where do you start?
5: So if they're coming in and the horse isn't familiar with the environment and we all have to have experience with this because we have to go to shows Mm
0: -hmm. and our
5: horses have to be good off the property. So the moment that horse steps off the the trailer, I'll instruct my student to just stand there with the horse, place its hand on its pole or on the top part of the neck and ask the horse to drop its head in relaxation Mm -hmm. and then take it into the arena and allow the horse to walk around with its head low. Mm -hmm. So when we don't allow the horses to be tourists is what I call it. I don't (laughs) want the horse to whinny and look around and walk circles around me. You know, we're not on, we're not on a tour. You know, when you're going down the center line, you don't want the horse looking at C and B and E and every other letter, the horse has to be focused. So I have them just lead the horse around, but lead the horse with its head in a straight line, the horse's head down, the horse not being really allowed to look around and create its own stories about its environment,
4: mm-hmm. but
5: to really become tuned into its handler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then once the horse can walk around the ring a time or two with its head down and in straight alignment, not counterbent, looking at the outside or circling around the handler, then it's time to saddle them and, um, you know, sometimes an appropriate concentrated lunge on the lunge line where we're thinking about riding the horse from the ground on the lunge line is something super useful too. Um, I I have a rule here at my facility that we don't lunge horses to tire them out. That's Mm -hmm. not what we do. Mm -hmm. We lunge horses to ride them from the ground first. Mm -hmm. So everything the horse does on a lunge line is what you would expect the horse to do under saddle. Walk quietly with its head down, trot quietly with its head down, canter on the correct lead without counter bending, All of that is, you know, homework. It's homework Mm -hmm. from the ground to create relaxation. But lunging is not to just race your horse around on a lunge line, but to ride it from the ground first. Um, So those are are good initial steps, not only to start your training session or to get your horse acclimated to traveling, but just to create a positive um, way to start your session that day. Yeah, um, I so, you know, those love are, that. Those are really important.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My favorite yeah. at the moment is like the tourists. They're not allowed to be tourists. Like, I love that phrasing. I've never heard it like that before. And that is, that's awesome.
5: <laughs> so, and yeah, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not what they're there for. They're not there to be a tourist. They're there for a job and, and to, to be relaxed and be with the handler. They can't detach from you.
1: Right. So now let's take it a step up because I think I I see where you're going with the at-home work. So at, let's say that you have done some, um, let's just say that you've done some video conference calls with somebody like video lessons or something like that, because we're entering this strange time when strange things are happening. So in this (laughs) make-believe, in this make-believe, um, situation let's say that you so that means you kind of know somebody from a distance and they're going to go to a horse show and at what point would you recommend like if somebody shows up at a horse show is there a point where you say like you need to go take this horse and and maybe you don't show it do how do you walk people up through gaining that experience like you just said they have to get used to traveling which they could Mm -hmm. do by going to lessons, but let's say that they go to go to the first horse show. How do you coach somebody through, um, like, maybe you don't get on today, or maybe you Mm -hmm. ride this test differently. Like, can you talk me through some of that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I train young horses. This is
5: my specialty here at Southern Oaks. We train a lot of horses that are young, not broke to ride, and introduced into the show world. And we definitely have a strategy for that. A lot of times if you are able to go to a show that's multiple days, like it's a Saturday, Sunday show and you can arrive on Friday, that is the best setup for these young horses rather than, you know, traveling to a local show, showing up, trying
4: to get in a hurry
5: and, you know, get on for your ride time and go and show. It's like there's just so much stuff that happens Mm -hmm. with that young horse. So if you have the ability to go to a show that's multiple days that the horse can spend the night, that's the best way to set it up, at least initially, you know, for your young horses. So if I have a young horse and and we're going to a show, I'll arrive on Friday and unload the horse and I immediately stick them in a stall. Mm
1: -hmm.
5: Um, I don't lead them around right off the trailer because they're going to be amped up. They're going to be looking around. They've already traveled. I take the horse off and I put it in a stall. You know, I put it in its own bedroom where it can feel relaxed and it can eat hay and it can drink and it can go to the bathroom and it can feel like it's a similar environment to home. And then I'll unload the other horses and I'll unload the equipment and and, and let that horse settle. And I'll look in the stall and say, is this horse eating grain? Is this horse eating hay? Is this horse drinking water? All those things are checked off. Okay, the horse is doing great. Or I can look in the stall and see, oh, the horse isn't eating hay. It's looking a little concerned. And then the same steps would apply. I would walk it around the grounds, but not to sh- quote unquote, show the horse everything where it's looking right and looking left and looking around,
0: mm-hmm. but I'll
5: walk it around and ask it to walk with its head down and ask it to walk in a straight line and ask it to back up and ask it to pivot and, you know, do things with the horse to engage it with me. And then I may tack up the horse and ride it around quietly at a walk or trot, or I might lunge the horse, riding it from the ground, not to lunge it to tire it, riding it from the ground. Um, but doing all of these things that hopefully we've set it up at home so it mm-hmm. understands the program. Um, and I, I don't ask for a whole lot the first day. I don't have ambitions that the horse has to perform. I just have ambitions that the horse has to relax and accept the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, again, we're fortunate enough that a multiple day show, Saturday I'll do the same thing and make a decision, is this horse ready to show? Yes, it is. We're showing or no, it's not. And be prepared to scratch a class. Mm-hmm. And rather than doing something that's unpleasant, an un- unpleasant experience for the horse. Um, but I always, always tell people to be prepared to walk the horse around, always be prepared to do less than the horse is doing at home when riding. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm showing, let's say a second level horse on Friday, it doesn't have to be a second level horse. It has to be a training level horse. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. On Saturday it's going to be a first-level horse. The last day, okay, it's a second-level horse again. But we we expect less than what we're doing at home in order to make it a good experience for the horse and to be able to work around those things to create relaxation and and not have the horse be stressed about performance because that does happen with horses. Yeah, People will get to the show, and maybe they've had a training-level horse at home, but they want to do a first-level test. That's just not the best way to set them up in order to have relaxation at the shows. Have, yeah. have lower ambitions.
1: Yeah, that's that's great advice. Now, let's jump to a much more advanced uh, situation. So let's say that you've got a horse and rider that are that are working for like an upper level. Maybe they're doing fourth level in, in Western dressage or something mm-hmm. like that. It, sometimes I think when you sit and watch the the upper level you know especially as you watch higher level with traditional how would you describe it for somebody watching that is currently riding um first level or below how would you describe the feeling of relaxation during a test that looks like it has such um you know so much collection asked from the horse that maybe the spectator is not necessarily seeing the same thing that you're feeling. Do you understand what I'm asking here? <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. being very, okay.
5: So, you know, what you're saying is that the test looks like it's full of energy, right? Yes.
2: And controlled energy.
5: Yes. You know, and controlled energy could be movement through the back and the connection of the horses back to the rider's feet. And all of those things will parlay into these wonderful advanced movements and advanced things that horses are able to do because the rider is able to go through the basic training skill first. If you go to the warm-up pen and you watch these level four horses go around or these upper-level dressage horses go around, you know what you see the riders doing first? They're stretching the horses. Mm -hmm. The horses are doing a free walk. The horses are stretching in the trot, the horses are going long and low, they're lifting the back, they're creating long, loose muscles so that when the rider brings them back up, those back muscles are still relaxed through the warm up. but the horse can be more collected and it can be relaxed because the back muscles are not tight and the horse is receptive to the rider's seat and leg eggs, asking it to go forward. You know, in those upper level tests, it does look like the horses are moving quite forward and they're collected and they're, they have a lot of energy. But they're also very finely listening to the rider because mm-hmm. they're relaxed enough to. A relaxed horse cannot hear you every stride. It just doesn't happen because there's outside a, a, a horse that's not relaxed can't hear you. Um, a, a horse that's tense has noise, you know, has mm-hmm. noise in its head. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's a judge at sea, and oh, there's this person doing this, and oh, there's a horse doing that. You know, they can't listen to the rider every stride. A relaxed horse can because they're very clear. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's
5: always what we're striving for. So when you're watching those horses, you watch them and see are they listening every stride? Are they receptive? Are they able? to understand the rider or their noise is getting in the way, you know, or yeah. <laughs> is there distractions getting in the way, which is tension, you know, tension is very distracting to horses and that feeling of tightness to the back. So it's all about, you know, that preparation and the the Chopin that, that you can go and watch all of these advanced riders do and you will see all of them do it.
1: Right. That is a beautiful description in that, that is that, that put it into words very nicely. Thank you. So um, as we, wrap up is there anything you'd like to share for you know the listeners as far as possibly you know either either just ways that you want them to mentally approach or even physical exercises that you could recommend kind of anything come to mind
5: i i really think that the the relaxation always starts at home from the moment you go and get your horse i love working horses from the ground and riding them from the ground um, I think it's it 's always a super important exercise, and you learn so much from your horse. We spend a lot of time long lining horses here at Southern Oaks, and it can, a lot of the times it 's very simple we have a fifty foot round pen so that the horses never get to the end of our lines where we 're not Um, really like struggling to keep up with the horses you don't have to run behind your horses to long line horses you can do it from around Mm pen. we spend a long time long lining our horses so the horses understand inside bend and outside rein and turning and stopping and flexing and and you really are riding from the ground because you have a feeling through each line to each side of the horse to be able to really minutely feel things and see things you see the horse's back move you see these changes happen you see the neck change in the horse and all of this stuff on the ground really is so educational for the rider and horse both. but I really urge people to try those things to do riding from the ground as well as riding from the saddle um, because you will learn so much about your horse and your horse will learn so much about you and it always creates uh, just more information that's shared in between horse and rider um, you know, and, and just setting the horse up at home, and not having big ambitions when you go to the shows. Slow is fast. Slow is always fast. And you see these great riders, you know, turn out turn out level four horses for Western dressage or Grand Prix horses by the by the time the horses are ten, because they they understand that slow is fast, and they've done all the homework. And and these horses just make such incredible partners. You know, I watch I watch these these horses. You know, I've been I'm I've been training and showing horses for decades now, like you have. And I'm still amazed every time I go to a horse show and I watch horses that they do the things that they do. Mm -hmm. It just blows my mind, you know, that we can (laughs) ride these horses and they do these amazing, they do these amazing things from very small cues. And it's just such a, such a joy and a thing of beauty. And I'm always filled with amazement about these horses and it's always from thoughtful horsemanship. So I always urge people to take time to do those things and you'll just be amazed how quickly the horse can progress.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, if somebody wants to find out more about you, your program and the things you're doing, where can they find you online?
5: Well, we we do some social media on um, my Facebook page, which is just my name, Marcia Hartford Sapp. Um, and we, we post some training stuff and horses that we're working with and and on um, some of the projects that we're working on. Um, so Facebook is always a great way to follow what we're doing. Um, I do have a website, Southern Oaks Um And we always welcome a phone call. If you have any questions or um, ideas about horses or things you want to share, like we're always here, we're always working, we're always riding.
1: <laughs> Very nice. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.
5: Oh, you're so welcome. And it's always always a pleasure to talk to you every I would say probably every six months I pull up that great video um great video of your horse and the best bridalist ride that you did um that one year and I'm always so inspired by that I that's always the creation that I want to do with my horses so uh-huh. I, I constantly watch it and love it that other people love it too and you know it was such a, a great thing for people to see that that something to inspire to and something that you can do with horses.
1: Well, thank you. And I have watched more than my fair share of uh, you and Cobra. When I was getting ready to do Western dressage, I kept watching video after video after video. (laughs) So thank you for putting out the videos because that was helpful when I was reading a test and going, I do not know what I'm supposed to do, but look, I can find Marsha doing it. So I'm going to watch and try to figure out what this is. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Cobra was one of the founding horses of USCF Western Dressage. He was at the very first recognized show in the United States. And he was the very first horse in the United States to do the new level four tests, which are the highest level tests we are offering currently. And And I hope that I can continue to be involved with it. It was a real... Privilege to be involved in the beginning of a new sport because that doesn't happen in everyone's lifetime
2: yeah.
5: um, so it was super cool to be able to do that and to uh, incorporate my three strikes unadoptable wild mustang in it and and to be able to show the world this great horse and this great sport that we have now.
1: Totally, totally. And I'm going to have to have you back on because I want to do an entire full length interview with you on um, different breeds and how you see them in different, you know, I- you know, like you said, like, how do you take a three strikes Mustang and and go do th- everything that you've done with him. So I'm, I'm hopeful to have you back on in an upcoming episode where we can tackle a completely different subject. And yeah, that'll be fun. That would be fantastic. Well, thanks again. You are so welcome.
0: Well, Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western Dressage Saddle. The Shoulder Relief Cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. To this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com.
1: Thanks again to Cindy, Joanne, and Marsha for joining me on today's show. In next month's episode, we'll be discussing contact and connection. If you're interested in hearing more from me, I have a podcast. You can find it on your podcast player by searching Stacy Westfall Horse Podcast. You can also find my private Western Dressage Facebook group at Western Dressage with Stacy Westfall. And I have a YouTube series that followed my Trail to the World show, to the Western Dressage World show last year. And you can find that on my YouTube channel, stacywestfall.com. I mean, Stacy Westfall and YouTube. And you can find our show notes to the links and today's guests on the website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for Dressage Radio Show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.